0: Hello and welcome to Nerd at Recaps Game of Thrones with Peter Sagel. I'm Greta Johnson. I'm Trisha Bobita, and we are
1: joined, of course, by Peter Segel.
2: Otherwise, you'd have to change the title.
1: <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It would be shorter. People, more... people it would be shorter. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> this week we're Think we are of recapping. the
2: time saved in general if I weren't here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's not go there, Peter. You're 20 minutes late. We'll be fine.
2: <laughs> I knew. My, the the over, under on you mentioning that was 10 seconds.
1: Yeah, the odds are good. The odds yeah. are good. Season 6, episode 3 is called Oathbreaker. That's what we're talking about today.
0: And should we just say right off the bat, Trisha, you called it.
2: I was going to surprise everybody by my starting the show by saying Trisha was right.
0: Yes. (laughs) She's totally
2: called it. I want to remind our listeners that last week, Trisha speculated on the title of this week's episode, Oathbreaker, and suggested that the resurrected John might use the loophole (laughs) of him actually being dead to walk away from the night's watch and sure enough that's what happened Trisha Bobita, (laughs) officially a maester. Give her a chain around her neck. Yeah,
0: man, that that is serious cred. I was very impressed. My last notes, I think, in the whole thing, yeah, Trisha called it, all caps, right there. Let's just use that page every time.
1: Yeah. (laughs) and try to go double or nothing and make some predictions maybe about this week.
0: So should we talk about everything that happened at the wall and then kind of
1: move on from there? Let's do it. We sort of started. It was the heart of the episode, I thought. It really was. These episodes have been beginning and ending at the wall. Almost all of them this season, That's and it's true. the only time. It's the only place we're going to more than once per episode. It seems is the wall. So that also,
2: may be, I think, an indicator of where this whole season is pointing, especially yeah. with the Tower of Joy scenes mm-hmm. and that strange flashback to Littlefinger, who we have not otherwise seen this season, chatting with Sansa in the crypt of Winterfell about the late and almost entirely unseen Lyanna Stark.
1: R plus L equals J is just getting it's, stronger it's, and stronger.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Have we spoiled that? I think we've spoiled that. I
1: think
0: we have spoiled that. And I may, maybe we've just told people to look it up, which I think is is sufficient at yeah. this
1: juncture anyway. It's passive like spoiler. I also don't think spoiling. it's a spoiler if it's still a theory. Right. Like a prediction yeah, isn't technically true. a spoiler, right? Yeah, it's,
2: it's getting to be less of a theory and more of a spoiler and kind of a... a it feels a, 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 pretty we're, mo- we're moving down the spoiler spectrum, is what I'm saying, <laughs> toward so, rank speculation, toward predicting what's going to happen in your favorite TV show.
0: And what do you think are the... Like, how many episodes is it going to take for this spoiler? to actually play out. This is something we were talking about.
2: Well, I mean, theres it's so annoying we, to move away <laughs> from the wall how Max von Sydow
0: uh-huh. keeps
2: saying to transmogrified Bran, <laughs> oh, no, that's enough for today.
0: Right. You must and, know everything. Yes. But not right now.
2: Exactly. It's almost as if he's – I mean, you know that just – Max Vancito was just ready to say, no, Bran, we need to save that for the next episode. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. And
2: it's so annoying. It's like Bran now is experiencing the frustration of Games of Thrones <laughs> watchers, which is, why <laughs> do you have to just give me a tiny little bit in this plot line? Why can't we just find out what happens? Why do I have to go back to Marine? I wanted to hear Bran shout.
0: Like, if this is not revealed until the finale, I'm going
1: to be pissed. Yeah. I'm think, just going to say that right now. I think every episode, Ned goes up one more flight of stairs exactly it's <laughs> going to be like that because oh his my, armors kind yes. of heavy oh. one more round of stairs one more round of stairs yeah <sighs> and then leanne is there at the very end
2: if you're cast as a young sean bean do you have to be good at dying
1: <laughs> yeah. <Is> that like <laughs> special ah. skill you
2: know so when like, he needs to look like a young sean bean he needs to have the same accent and he has to be like look like he's going to die any second because that's of course is sean bean's great skill as an actor
0: <laughs> yes horseback riding dying, dying. <laughs> special <laughs> skills Okay, so back to the wall. To the Everybody's wall. freaked out that John is back to life. There's like an awkward penis joke which I really enjoyed.
2: I yeah, Tor, what's his name Torment's Giants Bane? Is that torment yeah, Giants Bane? He's great. Yeah.
1: There
2: there was a lot of like bro dialogue I in this. I wrote bro episode. hugging.
1: Bro hugging. <laughs> there was a
2: tremendous of like really great bro dialogue in this episode. Which I think, based on reading some of the books he's read, written, is a specialty of David Benioff. He's he's great at writing bros. He wrote um, 24, 20, The 25th <laughs> Hour, which people may remember. It's that movie. Edward Norton. This is his first oh, big oh, thing. He wrote wow, a novel. Yeah, yeah. So it's he's, he's very good at writing tough guys talking to each other, which you also saw in that great scene in The Winterfell Throne Room, which we can get to.
1: I think uh, we saw what was m- maybe something that old Jon Snow wouldn't have done. I don't know if old Jon Snow would have hung Ollie. I think maybe he would have spared him, or I don't know. I mean, he did stab him in the heart. So exactly, he done stabbed done. him in the heart. But it's it's still like it's an ugly way to die. It's, I uh...
2: really like you, Trisha. I think that's established, <laughs> despite our feigned hostility. Uh-huh. If you stabbed me in the heart to death, to I death. would hang you. What if the death you didn't came back stick? from? I mean, death. no. I mean, that's. I mean, I think <laughs> I think that is the 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 distinction here that we need to deal with when talking about John. On the one hand, we're we're really used to. Heroes of all kinds, going back to the Sunday serials of unimagined youth, because I'm not old enough to have watched Sunday serials. <laughs> uh-huh. um, that we're all used to the hero seemingly killed, but no, you, he, he's only wounded, or right, he was, I mean, it turns yeah. out that he was wearing the secret, you know, yeah, bulletproof his pocket vest. constitution, exactly, the something bullet. like that. <laughs> this is this is this is a category you know different. This is they killed him; he was dead, and yeah. Jon Snow seems to be really aware. I was dead, as opposed to, what happened? Oh, I thought I was dead. I guess I'm not. No, I was dead. So I think his feelings about things, as was discussed, are significantly changed.
1: I think also the important thing we learned at the wall is that he saw nothing, heard nothing while dead. The Red Woman was really hoping that he'd had some, like, coffee. He'd had some Tuesdays with Maury with the Lord of Light or something where he had come back with some wisdom or something like that. But instead, he just remembers darkness and nothing It would
2: be great if the lord of light was played by jack lemon but that's another story
0: <laughs> you know partly though i was thinking like if he did see something would he necessarily tell melisandre though
1: i don't know maybe i it didn't seem like we're supposed to think that Jon snow is real cagey yeah you know that's true. i, it I was have was probably to, actually there
2: nothing. was something that happened there and i enjoyed i mean dramatically the fact that he's like there's nothing yeah. you, you die and there's nothing mm-hmm. and that's terrifying it's possible that melisandre could have pointed out that may well be true Nonetheless, I brought you back to life from the dead. Sure. And also, look what happens when I take off this necklace. Kaza! (laughs) So clearly, there's stuff going on here that might give you some hope that there's supernatural forces at play. Let's focus on that. But no, instead, they got into an almost Beckett-like existential, like Endgame at Castle Black. (laughs) You know, we are born astride a grave. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but watch when I take off this necklace. (laughs) I'm just saying.
1: It's also that we see that John is still has physically has his wounds and when uh Redbeard gives him a hug he sort of winces. Yeah. So we see that he's feeling pain. He's not really regenerated. He's just alive again. So he's still in pain. He still has battle wounds. It you know, it doesn't seem like he is too different from old John, right? People wondered if he was going to come back as sort of a zombified John or, you know, a stone heart John. But, you know, apparently they got to him quick enough where his heart didn't turn to stone. He's still, you know, hugging his bros at Castle Black I, and I, on his bros. It, it
2: also seems that he takes being murdered as an emotional experience as opposed to a really terrifying physical existential one, mm-hmm. i.e. He, he doesn't he doesn't focus on, I was dead. I, I saw my life end. I, I experienced death. That was hard. He says... I did what I thought was right. And I got murdered for it. And now I'm back. Why?
0: I don't know. Maybe we'll never know. What does it matter?
2: I mean, he feels like the way yeah. that one of us would if we didn't get the promotion we wanted. Well, and, you know, they
1: they say that that most guys, after they have open heart surgery, end up real emotional
2: afterwards. And this was just a poorly done
1: open heart (laughs) surgery (laughs) by Ollie. Good one. They get all sappy and sobby after heart surgery.
2: I was going to say maybe he needs a pet, but he has one.
1: Yes. One of the few Starks who still does. Oh, God.
2: Oh, poor shaggy dog.
0: So the end of this particular scene at the wall, John cracks a joke. I can't remember what it was.
2: Oh, yeah. He made a little joke. It's true.
0: And I was—it got me thinking. Like, when was the last time John cracked a joke? Oh, he
2: cracked a joke in the season finale. Frankly, the last time we saw him alive, when he said to uh, Sam Tarwell, he said, "I'm glad the end of the world is working out well for somebody." Oh yeah, okay, fine.
0: I <laughs> guess he's not, he does. He's not have entirely a sense humorless. Of humor. I he feel just, like he takes himself he too seriously. He just appears
2: and acts humorless in all regards. He occasionally, though, has <laughs> okay. some, a sense of humor.
0: I thought maybe, maybe now he was going to be like funny, fun John.
2: That's what happens. <laughs> That's the experience. Yeah, until, like, you get killed. You get yeah, stabbed to realizes. death. He realizes by your false friends, it's and you wake up. It's all about laughter. And you say, "Wow, you know what I was and thinking." A good time. Instead, he grabs his cape. I get no respect. Instead <laughs> of guarding the realms of men, yeah, I'm thinking of a career in stand-up. Yeah, totally. I want know. Oh you know, you know what he's going to do? He's going to get into like a storytelling series.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. De- about his about his not his is not dead. You know, he's going to
2: he's going to like go and do a, do a moth. About yeah. It, oh my you can god. Tell. He's already I wearing be black. Really he's, good. he's suited for that lifestyle.
1: <laughs> uh, let uh oh, speaking really of Sam at yeah. the end of last season, we mm-hmm. haven't seen him until this episode. He's on a boat with Gilly and little Sam being seasick. And uh, really all that happens is we get some exposition that he's taking her to Hornhill where he grew up yeah. to leave her and the baby there. And then he's going to go try to become a maester, which is what we knew they were doing before. So that uh-huh. scene was actually kind of just yeah. reminding Although us that there, they there all exist. There was another
2: little bit of exposition at the end that was subtle. And I, I think I got it, which is that she says... Something about she refers to him as the father of my child. Yeah. And and Sam looks over at the baby and, you know, he's thinking, he says, well, I'm not the father of that child. When I met you, you were pregnant. Oh, and then he realizes something and vomits again, i.e. she's pregnant.
0: Because nice. we remember the end of the world
2: was working out pretty well for Sam. Right. That's true. Yeah.
0: You know, I had this moment last night where I was like, what if it all comes down to Sam saving the world? What if, if it's like a Neville Longbottom situation?
2: <laughs> speaking, speaking, as, speaking as of Neville spe- Longbottom? Speaking of Neville Longbottom, but not, no, speaking as, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a formerly pudgy, unathletic, nerdy kid, I would think that would be awesome. Sam represents all of us. And Sam, I think, in this regard, represents uh, George R. R. Martin, who, yeah. as he will tell mm-hmm. you, was a nerdy, overweight, unathletic book kid, book, bookish kid. And so I think Sam, Sam's out there for all of them. I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know how many people remember this from season one. But the reason that Sam was at the wall was because his father, having acquired another heir, a younger son, said to Sam, either you're going to go to the wall and take the black or you're going to die in a quote unquote hunting accident. I just made air quotes. I don't know if (laughs) Sam's father did, but he implied them. So the last we heard of Sam's father is if you do not leave here forever, I will kill you. Even though Sam said, well, my mother's nice. Right. I don't know how well this is going to work out for Sam my and dad's Gilly.
0: My dad, I don't know. Maybe he's maybe he's manned up enough that his dad will be okay with it.
2: It's possible. He is made. You know, he's he is he is what the, what do they call him? The the White Walker Slayer.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: So you never you know. know. I wish I wish Sam well. We, Sam. Ah <laughs> uh-huh. ha! I. You guys were talking about where <laughs> they are on the boat. I, I need to look this up. My assumption is they're taking a, a sea route, as was more quick. In well, those I days. think
1: if they're on a boat, yes.
2: You're that, I mean, a
1: <laughs> sea route.
0: Peter. I was
2: in the middle of a statement. I paused for a comma, and now I shall continue. Were you're heading, very adamant
1: about articulating your punctuation I, today. I,
2: I, I, I am comma, Tricia. Period. <laughs> period. 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 They're heading down the east coast of Westeros in the Narrow Sea. And uh, then I think, I don't think they go all the way around Dorn in the way they used to go around the Cape of Good Horn and, and before the Panama Canal. I think they'll stop and then walk across uh, land to the Citadel, which is an old town, which is in the West Coast.
0: You're listening to Nerdette Recaps Game of Thrones with Peter Segel. I'm Greta Johnson here with Trisha Bobita. And we are going to talk about Danny and this weird, like, widow situation. What do you guys I, I'm just,
2: I, I don't, I'm old. And when I was growing up, I read these, these, um, uh, these books that were called Danny something, Danny something in the anti-gravity, Danny Dunn in the anti-gravity paint. And you just oh, reminded me of that. Oh, good. Danny and the Dosh Kaleen. <laughs> good. Anyway, sorry, That's moving perfect.
1: on. That's perfect. It's a temple of sorts for all of the widows of all of the calls. I like that uh, the old widow is just sort of having none of her youthful exuberance of like, I'm going supposed to be important and do things. And she was like, yeah, we all were, honey. She's yeah, very yeah much I much like, like that line. I can't, She reminds me of like this character actress, I think, would probably play the waitress in a lot of diners who gives good advice. like Right, this exactly. Is this woman She's is. like Flo.
2: The, <laughs> yeah. the chief yeah. crone is named Flo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes you get these wonderful actresses from the 50s, 60s and 70s, uh, most specifically the woman who plays the Queen of Thorns, whose name, Diana Rigg. And they're showing up and they're older guys. And it's great to see them. I wish we could have had Lily Tomlin as oh the head crone.
1: She's busy on Grace and Frankie. Which uh, it, still awesome. it still would have been awesome. It still would have
2: been awesome. And they're all speaking Dothraki, so it doesn't matter where they're from, right? You can just it's speak true. Dothraki, it's true. It?
1: But we find out that Danny isn't necessarily. <laughs> Uh, we find out that uh, that Danny doesn't necessarily get to stay. That actually the calls are oh, going yes. to sort of well, vote on it's, it or something. It's setting
2: up a plot point. So now we know, and we know how the the, Adosh Kaleen, the excuse me, the Vase Dothrak subplot is going to go. They're going to have this big gathering, and, the Jedi
1: Council, and we saw Dothraki. in the
2: yes, exactly, and we saw in the coming attractions that you have uh, Sir Lover's Boy, Sarah's Lover Boy, peering at them from the traditional place. That all enemy encampments. The thing you do is your
0: wrists when you're on. The well, horse. no, they're, they're doing.
2: They're, they're peering at them from the traditional place that all enemy encampments have, mm. somewhere above in a hillside for the rescuers to peer at them from. Yes, of the, course. The, the peering precipice, we call it. The peering. Precipice. And so my guess is is that it's Danny's going to go to this thing. It's it's going to go up. It's going to go back. It's going to go forward. And you don't know what's going to happen. And finally, they're going to condemn her to death. And then Sarah's lover boy are going to swoop in to the rescue.
0: Yeah, the man, night. the storyline is boring. The storyline <laughs> is like you're just waiting for it to resolve itself because you know there's not actually going to be any significant like character development or growth in the
2: process. I right? hope, even though as I predicted that, um, because Danny has spent an awful lot of time being carted around by various things and yeah, people, man. dragons, colossars, it would be cool if I ended up being completely wrong. Sarah's lover boy... I love that, Tricia. if that was yours. <laughs> that was me. I love you even more. <laughs> the, the, when they come rushing into the rescue, totally fail. And it is something that uh, Danny has done to rescue them all. I think that would be better. So if anybody's listening I mean, to yeah, me a year be and a half ago when they wrote this, <laughs> please do that.
0: It would be better. I still think it would be boring.
2: But I think what are... could happen that would make it not boring?
0: Well, that's the thing. Like, I just, the whole, from the outset, like, Drogon hates Mondays. Like, she's stuck in this random wilderness. It's just like, why is this, like, what is the point of this happening, you know? I guess Jorah will be dead by the end of it. <laughs>
1: yeah, as but I don't know. Them. Like, other
0: them. than that, I just don't really see the point of this you know, and I, it's I think just partly that we're not too, ready for
1: her to get to King's Landing yet. So we have right, to vamp.
0: Exactly. Right. I feel like it's just kind of killing time until something can actually happen. And I just and that's kind of like what I felt like. How this about was and it just
2: how kind of about how about if and I agree with you, if all that happens, it, it, it would end up just being like Dorn, the whole Dorn subplot <laughs> of last season. If all that happens is they go and they rescue or three, four, five more episodes to play it out. As brand knows, you don't get to see a lot every day. And yeah, then they feels... bring her back and we just start from where she yeah, left off. Yeah, it's just a reset. That would be boring. It's just
0: an annoying reset.
2: What would be interesting is if somehow this side adventure amongst the Dothraki <laughs> ends up solving da- Daenerys's larger problems. Remember when this whole thing began, the whole idea was she and her call husband were going to take an army of Dothraki across... The Narrow Sea to conquer Westeros. Maybe we'll end up back there. Maybe she'll march in marine with reinforcements, with guys wearing leather on horseback, put down the Sons of the Harpy, and then on we go to the That's final. That's true. Climax. She doesn't have. Okay. As we
1: go to marine, we find out that it's actually the Masters from the other cities. Yes, who are funding the Sons of the Harpy. So really, her whole quote empire air quotes again uh, <laughs> has has disintegrated. You know, she thought she could free slaves, move on, free slaves, move on, and and sort of. Keep political change having happened in these other places, but the masters are in control again. They're out for her blood in Marine, and so the small council meetings there are some conversations about trying to figure out like, do we just need to go head on and fight them? Is is violence the only language? The small they council understand? meeting
2: in Marine <laughs> was a boring bit of comedy yeah. that was there to give Peter Dinklage something charming to do because I mean it was basically it was literally almost killing time before Varys showed up to move the plot along. Let's yeah. play a drinking game. Let, let's, have, let's have comic by play between myself, the eunuch, and the slave.
1: If I wasn't here, what would you be talking about? Patrol? What we see on patrol? <laughs> Who we capture on patrol? Yeah. Yeah,
0: I think... Uh, I wrote yawn here. This was the second yawn. We're
2: back to yawning <laughs> again.
0: Yeah, totally, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was tired, I will say that, but also...
2: Would you like yeah, to, to finish these recaps by talking about something you like? Something different?
1: <laughs> no, that's but okay. But then will yawn, Peter. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> Good one, Tricia. Yeah.
2: Nerdette recaps Game of Thrones with Peter Sagel and then a little bit of what? West Wing? What do you some like? some fun no. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then some that would be stuff me. Makes, yeah, I know.
0: I like Greta, the West Wing. Yeah, but, not but you're not going
2: to. I mean. All right. Nerdette recaps Game Scandal. of Thrones with Peter Sagel <laughs> and then talks about Corgis a little.
0: <laughs> oh Yeah, Corgis. We might have her now. Yeah, I lit up a little bit. Okay. Town. I think we go to town, right?
1: Yeah. King's Landing. Boring. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I actually. I first of all, I, it's about time to say I disagree with you. I like this episode because actually stuff transacted as opposed to happened. A lot of times mm. when we see, the, and particularly if there's a problem with Games of Thrones, is we just advance the plot by showing us what happens. This episode, there was more of stuff ha- as it, watching as it was worked out. Most importantly, John's reaction to being dead and not being dead and what he decides to do and how he deals with it. We actually got to see that playing out in real time. We got to see Varus gathering information which is great because we've been told for five seasons that Varys is really good at gathering information. But we never see how.
1: It's true. Now we know two of his tactics. Yes. One is putting prostitutes in witness protection. Right. With a bag of silver. <laughs> right. And the other is giving sweets to homeless children.
2: Right. So, I mean, and it's nice to know. So we have a scene in which Varys needs to extract information from this traitorous prostitute assassin. assassin? And uh, it just
1: sounds like an acid reflux. And,
2: and <laughs> instead of torturing her or threatening her, he says, I want to make you happy, which is an interesting approach. And it works. And I thought that was very cool. It's like, thank you for showing me how they did that.
1: He also he wants to make her happy, but he also makes it clear that she can do this or die.
2: Well, yes, of course. But the way that he goes about that was interesting and fun to watch.
1: I did like that. I did like the scene with Varys and and how heavy the bag of silver was. I almost imagined her
0: taking the bag of silver and then him killing her as she walks out anyway. could
2: could. Varys in the books is a little meaner. Uh, He actually arranges the direct assassinations of various people and you see him do that. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like this Varys. I like a guy in the world of Westeros or, excuse me, Essos as well, uh, (laughs) who is able to get stuff without overt threats of violence or violence. And it's fun. So we
1: have the Wonder Twins and their giant trying to crash another small council meeting. Yes, and uh, the
2: Wonder Twins.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's
2: good. Uncle shape <laughs> of incestuous murderers. <laughs> oh, we already are. Oh dear, and I like th- I liked that too. I liked that where they said they said you can't make us leave, but you we can't make, make us, stay. us stay, which is a good point. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, get up and walk out. Why not? I thought that was a boring scene too. Of course, you did. I, I didn't
1: I loved... think that was a boring scene because I... I'm glad that. Granny Terrell, Olenna, is back because yes. she gives Cersei shit in a way that is just unlike any yes. other. Yes. Can I help you? Why are you here?
0: My mother! I was invited, my dear, to help deal with several troublesome
1: issues, such as the Queen's imprisonment. Thank you for bringing it up. It's well past time we address the abuses I endured. Marjorie is the Queen. You are not the Queen because you're not married to the King. I do appreciate these things can get a bit confusing in your family.
2: She's pretty awesome. Diana Rigg, Is prior mentioned, as mentioned previously is what I'm trying to say. So I did
1: love that part, but, yeah. but yeah. yeah. And then we have Tom and Go Visit the High Sparrow, which I like that one of the recaps, I think it might be Entertainment Weekly, I may be wrong about that, still calling him Bernie Sparrow. I just love Bernie <laughs> Sparrow. I love It's, it's true. We,
2: we, we, I, I, I the hair. Say, I, I, as far as I know. Yeah we were the first to see it but we are far from the only to see it and
1: Maybe. has anyone ever seen jonathan price and bernie sanders in the same you room make a good i'm point. just asking oh, there is
2: another good scene because all right here is the task again i i tend to think of the show from the perspective of the writers here's the task the task is tommen is going to the king of westeros is going to confront the high sparrow who he hates 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 hates, hates and wants to kill And the High Sparrow knows that he can be killed even if it won't kill his cause. What does the High Sparrow do? How does he, um, what's the word, Uh, assuage Tommen, bring him over to his point of view? He talks about his mother's great love for you. Mm -hmm. And you can see it, like Tommen going, oh, yeah, she doesn't like me. She does. (laughs) And it it, it was dramatically effective. I bought it. I bought that Tommen would be assuaged in that moment. You know, and it's like, yes, thank you, writers, thank you, actors, for giving us scenes of active manipulation of other people, which is what we tune in for.
0: I, just I did like under- it was kind of Mother's Day. E.
2: Well, not Day-y. a coincidence. Mm-hmm. It was broadcast on Mother's right? Day. Right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yes. I don't think they were can, thinking about that, but all right. Can
2: you? There was a bit of dialogue between Kyburn, uh, who's taken over from Varys, uh Cersei, Jamie, and of course. It's funny they've stopped calling him Sir Robert Strong. Everybody knows it's Gregor Clegane in there, in which she laid out a strategy right. that I did not grasp. So did you guys follow that?
1: I think I did. So I think what happened is that – and the High Sparrow mentions too, right, that her atonement is not complete. Even though she did this walk of shame, she also needs to go on trial. Right. Well, if she goes to trial, she can request trial by combat and then she can have the mountain fight her trial by combat. So that's the idea of that's really? A, that's a trial by combat I'd like to see, is what Jamie says.
2: Right. Like kind of pointing up at the mountain. Oh, I. So when she said, you know, we, you know so there's a response like he has hundreds of followers of faith, members of the faith militant, and, right. and she says we only have to kill one. Oh, I get it. So she's planning yet another trial by combat, which has worked out so well for everybody, everybody every time.
0: Everybody wins. <laughs> everybody trial wins by with combat. trials.
2: You know? <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God. It's it's just a gift that never stops giving, trials by combat. <laughs> oh,
1: my goodness.
0: Okay, bravos. Aria.
1: We needed Rocky music. I really wished that her stick fighting— so you know you something,
2: Peter, that
0: you have mentioned before that I do think is worth bringing up, especially in this scene and thinking about Sam on the boat, is the passage of time yes. and again, just how confusing, inconsistent, it can and be. weird it is. It is weird. Show. You
2: don't know how long Arya's been sitting out there. You don't know how long Arya's been in Bravos. Right. You don't how know long anything. Has
0: she been training? Did it, she learn that in a day?
2: And then what's his name? Rickon shows up, and you realize, oh, Ooh. it's been a decade <laughs> <laughs> or something. Yeah. Because now he's shaving.
0: Oh, my gosh. I, I love his hair. It's
2: pretty good hair. We skipped a bit.
0: Back no, to I bro- mean, that's okay. I feel Aria like we got said enough about Arya. Yeah, she's, I know. Yeah, so that's... She's reset.
2: Yeah. I honestly I'm think that we're... Because they, they use the same actors... To play these young children who are growing in the way that humans do in the <laughs> years that it takes to produce these episodes of TV. Mm-hmm. That's what's confusing. You see Rickon show up. <laughs> yeah. like, he he must be four years older since the last no, time we saw yeah, him.
0: I still don't recognize Bran. Yeah, I
2: know. And so that implies a length of time that has passed in the real world, our world, that may not have implied to be of past in the world of Westeros. So it's a little confusing.
0: It's funny because we actually just got a voicemail last week from someone saying, Where's Rickon? Where's, where's Rickon? And yeah. now we know
1: he is trapped with he's been, Ramsey. He's been
2: taking HGH at Alex Rodriguez's <laughs> training center in Florida.
1: <laughs> and that he didn't get far, right? Because they, they split apart from each other yeah. and he and Osha got captured by the Umbers, which are the closest... Uh, family to the wall, so they didn't right.
2: get much farther than the wall. Well, we don't know how long they've had them either. Yeah. I mean, for all we know, they could have been hiding in a village all this time until the Umbers showed up. Are we have we moved back to Winterfell. Can we talk about yeah. Winterfell? Yeah, we're there. Love that scene. I yeah. loved. I loved Lord. The I guess the new Lord Umber. Yeah, the coming new Bros. In. In the new George. Bros. I loved him. I loved his, so we say, salty language. Mm-hmm. I loved his absolute resistance to all of Ramsay's bullshit. Yeah, yeah that was I was nice. like, yeah, and I liked the way that he negotiated with Ramsey. I mean, he knows who Ramsey is. He knows Mm -hmm. what Ramsey wants. He's got something Ramsey wants. He wants something in return. Let's put aside the bullshit and the whole nonsense about, you know, taking the knee and let's actually deal with each other. And I thought that was pretty cool. Again, I go back to David Benioff's skill in writing about tough guys doing tough things.
1: Totally. But my favorite part is that they all Seem a little pathetic in that scene. They're all trying to be their dads, right? They all feel oh, to yeah. me like they're wearing their dad's <laughs> yeah. suit coats, and they're like, "We're in charge now. We're the grown ups. <laughs> and They can't, you know, they can't do it right. They even if they wanted to, and so it's it's part. Their bucking tradition. In part, they're just actually not as savvy as their fathers, right. even though they think they are right now.
2: I'm going to throw mm-hmm. in a little nerdy thing for the readers of the books. I don't know if it's ever going to come up in the TV show, but that was Lord Umber. His father, the Great John, as they called him in the books, was killed at the Red Wedding, if I'm not mistaken. So why wouldn't he be really, really, really mad at the Ramseys mm-hmm. or the Boltons? Sorry, not the Ramses. So <laughs> just pointing that out. But I liked him. I liked his dress. I liked his manner. I like that scene. I love that little <laughs> look. He's like, it's a little boy like you like. Uh-huh. And the other guy goes, How do you know?
1: Yeah, yeah he stands up and is going to be
2: mad, but <laughs> then he doesn't say anything. Shit. Damn, I didn't know uh, that. But then also, poor Shaggy Dog. Poor Shaggy Dog. Poor yeah, how many
0: direwolves are left? Uh, Nemiria is out ghost.
2: there somewhere. That was, of course, um, Arya's uh, direwolf. Uh, but they're all the rest of them are dead. Sansa's, ghost is alive. Ghost, ghost is alive. John. Sansas was killed by Ned Stark. Mm-hmm. Had to be. Sad um robs was killed when
1: at the red wedding at the right? red
2: wedding no brands must still be alive but i think he's out there running around in the woods i think he ran away mm-hmm. i don't remember the name of brands direwolf who saved his life
1: yeah he was with them when they were getting to the children of the forest and the tree at the end of the last season Yeah, so we haven't or the end him. of season four yeah so he's oh, around I,
2: I know we're zipping around can we move back up to the tree yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was hilarious to have Max von Sydow saying, do you think I'd want to be living here in this tree?
1: <laughs> I've been waiting for you. You never you, call. You never call? <laughs> you think
2: I'd enjoy this, sitting here in this tree? I was like, no, that was so funny. And I don't think they meant it to be funny. Oh, my god. And I was just thinking Max von Sydow, again, 87 years old, one of the greatest actors alive, you know, giant of, of international cinema, looking at his script saying, so you want me to say, do you think I've enjoyed sitting in this tree? <laughs> All right. I did it for Ingmar Bergman. I can do it for you.
1: I will need a hoist into my tree and we
0: shall <laughs> oh my begin. my goodness. That's amazing. Yeah. Anyway.
2: Cool. Oh, can I say one thing before we move on? Mm-hmm. I, I just want to say I I, I mentioned I was talking about uh, Samuel Beckett in regard to John's experience of being dead. There's actually almost a Beckett reference in, the, in this episode where John says, the Resurrected John says to uh, Davos, I failed. And Davos says... You go on. You fight for as long as you can. You clean up as much of the shit as you can. I don't know how to do that. I thought I did, but I failed. Good.
1: Now go fail again. Yeah, that was a great and of bit. of course,
2: the entire Becca quote is, fail again, fail better, which Davos didn't say, because then he'd have to turn to the camera and wink.
0: <laughs> like Lucille Bluth, though, right? I'm just
1: exactly. so glad. I'm just so glad The Onion Night is there for John, though.
2: Aw. I'm glad The Onion Knight is there for him. You all think he's going to
0: leave Winterfell to hang out with John?
2: I, I mean, to I think the that would be the to go to best miniseries spin off. <laughs> Davos and John. On the road. Traipsing through the north.
0: Did you see that tweet from someone who said that we should name the, the Roose Bolton spin off Roose Morals? <laughs>
2: No, but it's I applaud it. Good. The it's Better Call Saul. Good. Oh yeah, the yeah, Better good. Call Saul thing. Oh yeah, yeah the prequel. Morals. Yeah. Better Call Roose. I like it. Roose Morals.
1: We'll get to some of your questions in a minute, but first, it's time for a break to acknowledge this week's sponsors. More in a moment. Listening to Nerdette recaps Game of Thrones with Peter Segel. I'm Trisha Bobita here with Greta Johnson and Peter Sagel. Okay, so let's listen to a voicemail. Hey guys, this is
0: Kelly from Missouri calling, and I just started listening to your podcast. I'm having a lot of
1: fun with it. Read all the books, so I'm one of those people. After watching the show night, my theory is maybe Jon Snow was inside Ghost, and it took Melisandre's magic to bring him out. I don't know, we shall see anyways uh I'll keep listening and keep keep up the good work. Thanks guys. Have a great day.
2: That is not an unlikely theory based on there's a lot more as they call it warging in the books. People are warging to and fro into and out of animals. It's something mm-hmm. brand does consciously. Mm-hmm. Don't you think John would have mentioned that?
0: Yeah, that's the thing. The whole saying that he was in darkness makes yeah. me think he probably wasn't in. Yeah, ghost, he, he doesn't I like say
2: it. I was in darkness and knew nothing except for a strange urge to lick my own balls <laughs> and an ability to do it. Send me back. Send me back. That <laughs> you would know have been what? Awesome. Though
0: it's interesting to think though how much ghost was howling when John had died. Like yeah. maybe it was ghost being like, "Yo, I'm in here." It's I think me, it was John. like, "He's dead.
2: He's dead. I'm yeah, sad." I think so too. I'm a puppy. It's a good <laughs> theory, but. And in a weird way, if I, I hope they never engage with that. There's a terrible tendency in fantasy and science fiction to explain stuff that doesn't need to be explained. Mm. The classic example is uh, at the end of the horrific uh, re- uh, Revenge of the Sith when the last thing, uh, somebody explains to Obi-Wan Kenobi how he can commune with the dead. It's like, we don't need to know that. <laughs> Just let us see it. So you don't it's need so to okay. tell us how he was resurrected. He was resurrected. We'll buy it. Let's move on.
1: I do think the other thing that means that maybe that isn't what happened is that the words she spoke were the exact words that we heard several seasons ago when we saw the Brotherhood Without Banners resurrect one of their uh, own with really? oh, yeah. the priest there. Okay. So,
2: you've, you've done some, some internet sleuthing. Yeah, that's thing. a
1: good dive. I have there, because the language maker for Game of Thrones came out and said in a Tumblr post, here's what she said, here's what it means, here's what she said, here's uh, what it means. And it's okay that I'm telling you that because if you go back and watch, you'll see it's the exact same sort of spell
2: being yeah. cast
1: that she heard the red priest do to bring back this other guy
2: right so she, she didn't, didn't make it, she it up she wasn't there
1: okay wasn't she there she
2: wasn't there she wasn't there but she is she's part of the I mean presumably she went to like red god priest she school seminary she took the same seminary. right
1: yeah. she took the class leviosa exactly. <laughs>
2: exactly there yes. must be that implies like an entire Hogwarts for <laughs> oh magicians gosh. of the red god Oof. Westeros Hogwarts would be we pretty we are coming rim, up with though. a whole series of spin-off shows I okay.
1: think HBO should be paying us I for all these so ideas. Good, good one, Trisha. Let's get on that. Call us and tell us your theories and predictions. Ask us questions. Chide us for not knowing things that are very clear to mm-hmm. you.
0: Yeah, definitely do that to Peter
1: on Twitter. Oh, That's please. always really fun for yes. us. 312 <laughs> 948 <laughs> 4687 is the number to call if you want to leave us a message. You can
0: also find us online at nerdappodcast.com We are at nerdappodcast on Twitter and he is
1: at Peter Segel. The show is produced by us with help from our WBEZ cohort, especially Joe Dassault and Robert Anderson. Thanks also to our interns Maya Cole and Sebron Mallard. Joel Meyer is our executive producer. Our theme music was composed by Andrew Edwards of Blue Police Box Music. You can
0: listen to us wherever you're listening to us because, in fact, you are already listening to us. But we would really love it if you would subscribe on iTunes or NPR One or Stitcher or any of those really wonderful things. Don't forget you can search for Nerdette Recaps. And it's also really nice if you throw us some stars and write a review like the lovely Alfonso Lomelli did.
2: What did Alfonso Lomelli say?
0: I don't remember, but it was nice.
2: Okay, fine. All the
1: stars. They
0: gave All us as many stars.
2: stars as possible. All the
0: stars in the sky. Also cookies. Yeah, I need. I to like make cookies. cookies. Okay. Well,
2: I'm just saying, if people want to send in cookies, I do this for cookies. <laughs> if you send me more cookies, I will do more. All right,
1: great. Sounds good. Now the poor person who works on the mail here is going to have <laughs> till next week. Till <laughs> next, next week. week. <laughs>